This is Retirement Talk with Del Lowry. Episode 20, Death and Decision-Making. Retirement brings dying a bit closer to reality. It becomes personal. Our parents die or are dying. Our friends die or are dying. What happens after death? Some people make decisions in life based on what they believe will happen to them after death. They live this life in fear or hope of what will happen to them after death. When my daughter was in her freshman year of college, she took a class in philosophy. I asked her if they talked about God and religion. She said they did. I asked her if she got into discussions about it in her dorm. She replied, no, not really. I asked her why not. Weren't kids interested in this topic? She said that some were, but not her. It really doesn't concern me, she said. As you might have guessed, she was raised outside of the faith, religious faith. God's existence, heaven and hell, and making decisions concerning her life were not influenced by thoughts of life after death, etc. It was a non-issue for her. I remember vividly one of my earliest experiences with death and decision-making. My rabbit died. Petey was a baby cotton-tailed rabbit. I had found Petey after mowing some long grass. I hate to think what might have happened to Petey's brothers and sisters. I fixed Petey a little pen. He was such a cute little rabbit. Within a day or two, he died. I took an empty peanut butter jar, cleaned it, made a bed of green grass for Petey to lie in, dug a hole in the ground under the plum tree, and buried him. I then made a small wooden cross out of lathe, painted it white, inscribed Petey's name and date on it, and placed it at the head of the grave. I vividly recall going in the house after that very private ceremony. I asked my mother if Petey would be in heaven when I got there. She said, no, heaven is just for people. I cried, howled, and claimed that it wasn't fair. I ran from the house. She pursued me and then comforted me with second thoughts. Well. I guess for an animal as nice as Petey, God would make an exception, she said. I think this started my serious questioning of my religion. It just didn't seem right. My obsession, based on the existence of God in the hereafter, consumed much of my time and energy throughout the first 40 years of life, probably thousands of hours and probably thousands of decisions, It may have been true for many of you. Maybe it still is. Years passed. I visited Down House, where Charles Darwin wrote The Origin of the Species. It isn't far from London. It was our first trip to Europe as a family. The kids were focused on the Tower of London, Stonehenge, and the Loch Ness Monster. Brenda was set on visiting Herod's department store at least once. On the flight over the pole, 
I had finished reading Lauren Isley's book, Darwin's Century. My mind was still rambling around Darwin's thinking. This one book had caused so much furor. Some people held it as an intellectual gateway, others as a work from hell. He had lived near London, so on this day I decided to visit his house. I took the train on that hot summer day, walked down a lonely country road a few kilometers. There was no traffic, none. Where were all the people? I was hemmed in by hedgerows. Eventually I came to a small brick monument at the edge of a driveway that led to a big brick house. Inscribed on the monument were the words, Here Charles Darwin thought and wrote for 40 years. It was lunch hour. No one answered my knock. Then I saw the sign. It would be open again at 2 o'clock. I waited the 45 minutes. Not one person appeared. Not one car. Bird calls came from the hedge. My mind wandered concerning how such a maelstrom of thought could have emanated from this serene spot in the countryside. At two o'clock, I knocked again, and a caretaker opened the door. He looked surprised. He had not heard a car. I asked if I could visit the museum. It was part of the British Trust, just like the British Museum. Only no one was here, just me. He held the door wide, asked me to come in, and told me to give a shout if I needed anything. Then he disappeared up the stairs to the second floor. I was left alone in Darwin's house. It was stunningly silent. The house had every appearance of an occupied home. Fully furnished. Chairs, carpets, family photos, cabinets, etc. I moved like a shadow silently peering into this case and that. Here were the birds he had brought back on the beagle, his chair where he sat with his writing board on his lap each day to compose his thought, his pens, his books, letters, his glasses, all sorts of stuff. Out the French doors lay the footpath that he walked every day. I walked down it and thought of Darwin, Returning to the house with no visitors, I lingered, then silently let myself out and left this house where thought had taken a giant leap forward. Thoughts about death and making decisions concerning what to do with the rest of my life were changed forever. This is the first of a series treating the topic of death and decision-making. This is Retirement Talk. I'm Del Lowry.